A very big welcome. This is Elaine Godley, your host for the next two hours, four till six. Um, in the studio today, I've got with me the lovely Melanie Ra- Smith Rawlings from the Happy Foot Clinic, and we'll be having a pre record interview uh, from David Schofield talking about life purpose. So uh, let's get the show on the road with a little pink. <laughs> And this is Elaine Godley. Welcome to uh, listeners all over the world. I know we've got uh, an increasing uh, listenership, if that's what the word is. Um, Welcome, Melanie, to the studio today. So, Melanie Smith-Rawlings from the Happy Foot Clinic. Where is the Happy Foot Clinic? It's located in Glenfield in Leicester. Oh, gosh, you've come a long way today, then. I have. We're in North North East Derbyshire, so we're... we're, um, uh, not publishing. What do we do? What does a radio station do? Air. We air. We're airing from uh, northeast Derbyshire in Clown. So um, Leicester, Glenfield. That's where the big hospital is, isn't it? There is. Yes. Yeah. Very famous um, heart specialist there as well, isn't there? And uh, blood pressure experts and all kinds of uh, fantastic people. So um, in your clinic, is it? It's a physical clinic that people come to, is it? It's a little clinic room in my home. And it's set up just to make it more of a comfortable experience for the person coming into the room. Because I think people could be a little bit funny about their feet. And they sometimes they come into a room and you're thinking to yourself, oh, my feet look terrible. But actually, they're not as bad as you think they are. And I think if you can enjoy that little moment that you have where you're being looked after, where you're looking after your health, then you'll feel a lot better when you come out of the room at the other side. So it's it's about, you know, just enjoying that moment, really. I nearly, nearly trained as a chiropodist many years ago. I got as far as getting the literature from the college in Bournemouth and uh, I was ready to go and I started a, a business so so that never took off I've never I've never been comfortable with other people's feet um probably because mine are so awful I have I come from a family of uh, bad feet um bad feet and it's come kind of through the generations what kind of uh, foot problems do people come and see you with Melanie the thing that brings people to the clinic is pain often or the inability to be able to reach your feet and people will you're often embarrassed by your feet so maybe you've got a fungal nail so the nails are really thickened and you can't cut them yourself so that's the can't reach them it may be you've got some pain perhaps you've got some corner callus and it's not always easy to get to the bottom of your feet you'll always have one side where you can do things And then there's the other side where you can't do things or your knee starts to hurt when you try to do it yourself. So it's a lot easier to have someone else to do it for you. So often it's just simple things. It could just be cutting nails, helping somebody to get rid of a fungal nail. I've got a chat with a whole... I don't know what you call a great load of verrucas, but it's like he's got a little colony on the bottom of his feet and helping him to sort those out. Often corns can be really, really painful when you're walking. So people want to sort that out because your walking is your mobility. And if you can't walk, then what can you do? You know, it's a big, big part of your life, isn't it? Being able to get out there. How, how do corns develop? Why, why do we get? I mean, you don't have young children with corns, so so. Well, I don't think you do. How, how do you how do you get corns? It's going to be a lot of. Re- There's going to be a lot of reasons behind it, 
And yes, it is more likely to come with age. But if you think about it, how many children do you put into shoes that are too tight? How many children do you see trotting about in high heels? This is particularly for women. And it's often footwear will influence what happens with your feet. Corns will also be the pathology of your foot. For instance, if you're flat-footed, that's going to affect the way you walk. If you've got a very high arch on your foot, that's going to affect the way you walk. So it's all these forces that are going through your feet which are going to affect what happens to them. And with things like corns and callus, if you're wearing shoes that are too tight, again, that may affect the way you walk. When you get older, you can have problems with your hips or your knees, and that will affect the way you walk. So then that will cause things like corns and calluses to appear because your body isn't walking or moving in the most optimal way. And it could just be, maybe you were walking around your home with bare feet one day, and you've got a tiny little nick on your foot, and a little, little bit of dirt got in there. It could be your body just put lots of skin around there to protect it, and it turns into a corn. And often it's just restricted blood supply as well that causes uh, corns and calluses because it's, you know, it could be weight or whatever, something that's stopping that healthy blood supply. And you would hope with a little child that you'd have lovely, soft, supple skin and that your shoes and things like that wouldn't be so tight to restrict any of the blood flow. So you're going to be a lot healthier. Wow. How did you get into this bizarre um, profession? Not really bizarre, is it? But it's it, not it just a bizarre. Seems a bit, it, uh, well, not run of the mill, is it? It's not your everyday profession. It's not. No, I. To be honest, I've always can I. I don't know if I can say this word. I've always hated skanky looking feet, <laughs> <laughs> and you know you'll see people trotting about and they've got great loads of. I don't know what's going on with their feet. They've got lots of hard skin and it looks sore and it looks really dry and they just don't look very comfortable. And I used to look at that and think, goodness me, there must be a fix for that. There must be somebody who can fix that for you and make it look nicer for you. And then the second thing that happened was I was actually in a job I hated and that inspired me to think, what else can you do? And this sort of the foot thing happened and it, Possibly it comes from the fact that uh, members of my family were in what you would call caring professions. Like my mother, she was what was known as a nursing auxiliary when she was working. My dad, he used to be a fireman. My auntie, she used to be a physiotherapist. So perhaps there was that subliminal theme going on about caring professions. And I just thought, I want to be doing something what I feel like I'm doing something that's got a purpose. Because if you don't have a purpose to what you're doing, if you're in a job that you don't enjoy, then often or not, you're just not satisfied or fulfilled. And if you're not getting any feedback that says what you're doing is worthwhile, then again, that sort of reiterates those thoughts and feelings of, well, what are you doing this for? And one of the things I found doing feet was... When you've taken, like, for instance, some corns and calluses away from someone's foot and they put their foot down and they don't need to say anything, you just see the relief on their face that the pain has disappeared 
And that's what makes it worthwhile. And it's that challenge as well to get someone's foot looking and feeling the best it can for that person. That's uh, very good. And I always say to people um, when they're starting businesses, new businesses, if unless you're passionate about the topic that you're delivering, whether it's a product or a service, you know, you may as well pack up and go home. It's not going to work, is it? No. And clearly, obviously, listeners can't um, see your face. But when you're talking about feet, you're, you're lighting up. <laughs> I'm sure they can hear the passion in your voice, though, and, and obviously the great knowledge that you have. Uh, let's have some music and then we'll, we'll talk a bit more about um, uh, you know, the studying and how you sort of got into this and how, how people can get into this, this profession. This is uh, 99 Red Balloons by Goldfinger. You're listening to Elaine Godley with uh, Mel- Melanie Smith-Rawlings in the studio. Melanie's from the Happy Foot Clinic in Leicester. Um, we're broadcasting, that's the word I wanted, broadcasting. Yes, I couldn't remember the word earlier on. So we're broadcasting from Clown in northeast Derbyshire. And um, a couple of local announcements. Um, the Clown Gala is on Saturday, the 13th of July, 11 till 3 at the Heritage High School at Borton Lane in Clown. And um, we've been uh, asked to display a, a lovely poster that the uh, children at the infant school in Clown have uh, created. And um, I've proudly popped the um, one that we had given to us um, that is really lovingly hand-created. It's in our front window. So anybody in Clown going past, you'll see as you come out of the recreation road, just look up and you'll see the poster. So uh, thank you very much, um, to the children of the infant school for producing the posters and I gather there's quite a few rounded about um, in in and around clowns so uh, well done and uh, do go along to Clown Gala 11 till 3 on Saturday 13th at the Heritage High School. So here we are in the studio uh, talking feet. So Melanie um, was telling us about um, various issues that uh, arise through people having shoes that, that don't fit so corns uh, in particular Bunions, do bunions arise through dodgy fitting feet, Melanie? You do see that, although with a lot of people, it's they've either had it operated on and when they come to the clinic later on in life, uh, they're probably wearing more sensible shoes. But you will often hear, particularly women who've worn high heels, they wore them all day at work on their feet all day, and they've got terrible problems with their feet. You could also get things like hammer toes as well, where you're sort of clawing your foot, um, get sort of corns on the tops of your toes, like on the knuckle area of your toes. Um, you can also get ingrown toenails as well. But lots of problems can come from just poor fitting shoes, and that's before you've even thought about issues and problems that you could already have with your own body, if you like, or the feet as they already are. My, um, my, well, I have a confession. It's not a confession, it is. It's just, uh, uh, it is what it is. I've, my feet are awful, really, really bad. Um, I've had double bunion surgery. Um, oh 2007, I had both of my bunions operated. Um, I mentioned earlier, I come from a family of, um, bad feet people and, um, it goes back generations. So I, I, because I'd seen all the problems with my family with uh, operations that they'd had or not had, I, I left things as long as possible. Um, anyway, I had a double double bunion, so left and right foot um, operated on in 2007. And um, 
the consultant was insistent that he only did one and being self-employed if I'm going to be off for six weeks I may as well have both I can't do six weeks then another six weeks anyway I insisted and and uh, he, he finally did agree and so I had plasters on each foot and it was hilarious I had one done in um, purple plaster and another one in bright red or bright orange plaster bright red I think it was and my mum would be pushing me around in a wheelchair we had we had a good old laugh about it um, but when I went to have the plaster put on at the clinic, the um, plaster person, whatever they're called, said, um, this is really unusual. We never, ever have two done at the same time. People have one and it's so painful. Then we never see them again. They never have the other one done. So um, my friends do say I've got the skin of a rhinoceros. Um, I had no pain whatsoever apart from a headache. And that was due to the anaesthetic. So uh, my surgery was 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 pretty OK. You were very lucky. I was lucky, yeah, yeah. And, and it's hereditary, so it's, it's not ill-fitting feet in my case. You know, mum was really careful to get me measured and, and uh, you know, yeah. we'd go to the Clark's shoe shop and you know, do all that fangled thing with the machines and, and what have we, you know, tapes. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same. I've got my metatarsals are too long, which ah. is what causes my toe to stick out, and that comes from my dad's side of the family. And I could have had the surgery as well, but I kind of decided, because there's a lot of mechanics in your foot you've got a third of your body's bones are in there there's a lot of muscles and nerve endings and all kinds of things in there if it went wrong you have to live with it so I kind of thought well if I can manage what I put on my feet and look after them some people will find orthotics help them as well I thought well so long as my feet don't hurt if I listen to my feet then you'll be okay. And I think if you listen to what your body tells you, because usually if something causes you pain, your body tells you. The problem comes where people put vanity over what their body tells them and then it can sort of escalate into a bigger problem. But uh, kudos to you for having the double operation because you're quite right, that is very unusual and a lot of operations are done singularly for that reason my friends all think I'm bonkers so it's another it's another bonkers thing um and the other thing I had done recently I had two toenails removed um because I had chemotherapy a small amount of chemotherapy a few years ago and gradually my toenails became quite horrible and kind of grew over each other almost like um like a fungal but it I don't I can't describe it really more like a blooming cow's hoof it was disgusting it was horrible and gradually um it got so uh, so high up it was pushing on my shoes um so I had them removed but they just started growing back again which is which is uh, irritating really yeah, yeah it is but uh, it's we not go. it's not set in stone that when you have an avulsion of the nail that it will actually cure the problem yeah they did say that and it's also because with fungal nail if it was fungal nail it is treatable and there's lots of new ways of treating it but the thing is with obviously having had chemotherapy and the cancer is that your immune system is compromised and what a lot of people forget is you watch these adverts and they tell you that you can treat your fungal nail and in two weeks your nail will look better I don't think so the key it's your nail will look better Mm. your nail can actually take 12 to 18 months to grow from start to finish and if you add to that any 
infection or problem with your nail or if you have a compromised immune system or if you're not as well, your body's trying to deal with other things, that can make the growth of the nail even slower, which is why fungal nails can take quite a while to grow out and to get sorted. And also age can affect the flora and fauna of your body as well which is why sometimes older people are more susceptible to it. But that can also be environment, because if you'd like to spend your day trotting about in your slippers, which are perfect breeding ground for germs and bacteria, then that could also be compounding the problem as well. So um, can, well, I've heard that fungal nails are also a, a potential sign of uh, candida um, bacterial you know, growth in, in the gut. Am I you're looking at me like I'm, I'm I've not got I'm to that, out. that level of expertise yet. I've not I don't know that. But what I do know it's the same effect, infection that causes athlete's foot and you could be right. There could be a link to your gut health because I think your your body is interconnected. And I do know that if you have issues with your gut, one of the good things that you can do is to rub peppermint oil on the soles of your feet particularly around the heel area because that is if you know anything about reflexology that relates to the gut part of your body so ah, there could be back of the heel it's sort of yeah it's kind of so not the bit that you stand on the bit at, that well you put no the it is the bit you shoe. stand on right at, at the very so, end so the, the sole of your foot and sort of the arch of your foot all around there just give it a good rub. Sorry, I'm trying to demonstrate with my foot as well. <laughs> and um, yeah, if you just rub your foot, just the underneath of your foot, particularly that sort of arch area and the heel, the bottom of your heel, that is really good for your stomach. But it's also the palm of your hand. So I think it's sort of the side. Where so, so the heel of your hand, the yeah, heel of your hand and, and the heel of your foot. The, the fleshy bit mm-hmm. as well, I think is also meant to be your stomach area. But I think if it's a ten if it's tender, that can be an indication that there's a problem. So if you just rub where it feels tender, your body talks to you. It and it's does. the same with your feet. If it's tender when you touch or rub it, that's your body telling you, yeah, there's a problem. You just get a little chart and they tell you what bit relates to what. Yes, yeah, on the internet and, and on, on our health group, um, Perfect Health, um, on Facebook, Perfect Health with Elaine Godley, there's, uh, I think there's some uh, posts that's been put on there about feet. Are you on our group, Melanie? I am on the group, yes. Right, so feel free to post um, information, education on uh, on feet things in there um, or put something in the files section because I think we, we need to expand our files section. I keep forgetting about that. Um, so that's a good resource for people to go to. Yeah, be, yeah, I could share some simple tips on just, you know, about rubbing your feet or just rubbing your hands because it's it's not always socially acceptable to get your feet out and give them no. a good rub. Even if it feels so good, it's not always good for other people. But rubbing your hands is a really simple thing that you can do. And it can just, you know, it can really help you. And I also use oils as well, sort of holistic thing there, because different oils help as well. And peppermint is one that's a really good one for your digestion. So, so the thing about the um, the gut health, it could well be linked to what you said. No, I only read it recently. I didn't know, but I'm, I'm sure I read it recently, and it, and it, and it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. So many people don't listen to their body, do they? No, no. I think that's that's the big problem with health in this country. 
I was um, out at uh, an antique fair of all things, but outside they had a burger van. And one of the things I've been learning, I've been doing like a nutrition course, is about how carcinogenic things are. And if you, I'm sure you know this really well, because I know you absolutely spot on with all your health and your food if you cook oil too much it's really dangerous yes yeah and I could smell that this oil had been overcooked so instead of it being a oh that smells like a lovely burger cooking I was thinking that smells disgusting get me away from it and I think as you start to look after your health and well-being better you start to tune in to what isn't healthy. You tune in to the fact that a lot of perfumes are toxic, a lot of air fresheners are toxic, a lot of things that you put on your skin are toxic. Just the smell of things that are being blasted, even in when you go into um, banks now, they've even got air fresheners that are constantly going all day and it's all this toxicity that has just been inflicted on people and you don't you don't realize or know it and I think it really affects a lot of people it does yeah it's surprising as you say it's not until you kind of looking at this topic yourself um, so it's great to hear that you're studying and um, I, I find myself um, I, I don't shop very often really it sounds a bit ridiculous but I'm, I get some home deliveries but um, I use um, a particular supermarket that does organic everything in my my house is organic um and i looked at other people's baskets on the rare occasions that i do go in and i i can't believe you know there's no nutrition whatsoever it's just packets of this and processed that and tins of something else you know very few fresh vegetables and if they if they have got them in there they're, they're not organic and, and when you look at my basket you know i'm sort of miss, miss goody two shoes with everything <laughs> that's organic and and you know pure and, and all the rest of it so yeah, and so, you know, what you put in your body is what comes out. So, and you know, that affects every single cell in our body, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think what I see is, and this is what sort of put me on path, which is my second journey, if you like, which is the health and wellness. Because a lot of people, one of the reasons you get a lot of problems with your feet as well is weight. So there's this big obesity epidemic that's happening in this country. And with your feet, if there's too much weight in your body it causes your feet to be affected and it can cause them to collapse and all kinds of problems that you have with your feet because you haven't looked after your health but then the second problem with obesity is the rise in diabetes in the country so there's a lot more people who are having to see people like me because they've got diabetes and the risk with diabetes is if you injure your foot in any way if you say cut your nails but didn't cut them the right way and caused an injury which is quite easy to do and didn't know you'd done that then you could end up with a massive infection so in the country at the moment there are I actually wrote this down, between something like 2014 to 2017, 26,000 people, over 26,000 people in this country had either a minor or major amputation due to uh, diabetes, a lower limb amputation. And that is quite a worrying statistic, I think. And that all stems from poor health, poor nutrition 
not exercising, not looking after you, not treating your body like a temple, because your body is a temple. And I don't think it's being Mrs. Goody two-shoes by eating healthily, because if your food isn't giving you any nutritional value, all you're going to want to do is eat more food that isn't giving you any nutritional value, because you're always going to feel hungry. And it's devastating to see somebody who can't physically get up or move around because they've got so overweight that they no longer have a quality of life. And that, I think, is very sad. I think everybody should be mobile and happy for as long as possible because, you know, this is your life. This is now. You know, this is you going out with your family, with your friends, with your children, with your parents. You know, this is now. This is your future as well. And you have to protect and look after that. We have all this obesity um, and yet we... The, the the people are oversized but they're undernourished so they're eating foods that's not nourishing them yeah and then that's why they're getting fatter you know obviously we're generalizing hugely here and there are some people who do have medical conditions that you know they do struggle with but but that's that's 90, that's not 99 percent of them um so when people eat uh food that is baseless that has no nutritional value um, within a few minutes, like when you have Chinese, you know, not, I've not had a Chinese for I don't know how long, um, because I know it's not terribly good, you know, for us. But um, if you if you eat food that doesn't have a nutritional value within twenty minutes, half an hour, you're hungry again, and then you're constantly eating, and you're eating nonsense, so you're never actually getting full up. So you 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 know you feed and feed and feed, and before you know where you are. Um, I, I've, I've known many people that have lost, you know, five, six, eight, eleven stone. One man I know has lost fifteen stone. I mean, you know, to get into that situation in the first place, you think, well, how on earth could you've possibly got that big? But when you're in it, when you're in your body, people just don't seem to notice how it's growing until one day they can't tie their shoelaces and they can't, you know, go upstairs comfortably or you know can't get in the car or. You know, some of these public toilets that you go into are so tiny, you think, you know, how on earth do big people manage? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> moving on, let's have some music. <laughs> okay, we've got uh, The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. You're listening to Perfect Health on Elastic FM with Elaine Godley, and my guest in the studio this week is Melanie Smith Rawlings from the Happy Feet Clinic, which is based in Leicester. So, Melanie, you were telling telling us that you're also training as a nutritionist or you're doing a nutritionist course. What what, what led you to do that in addition to your, your feet expertise? It's to do, well, it's kind of a, a long story, but I actually did a speaker course and I'm speaker trained and I'm still doing my speaker training as much as anything because what I wanted to do was to find other ways of getting more customers to come to the clinic and I thought oh it's going to be so easy you just arrange a talk and everybody's going to bundle in the room and I will give a little talk and it will all be wonderful but what I didn't know is that actually arranging a room of people to come and listen to you speak isn't as easy as you think it is and I've been looking at talking about health and happiness because it all stems from the problems I see with people's feet. And I, f- I just feel that people don't understand very basic things about health and nutrition. 
this got me on to doing the food course and and that sort of teaching me a lot about the mistakes that people make even people I've got a friend she's got a whole big cupboard which is just full of diet books sorry and you'd have thought with all those diet books that she'd have totally got dieting to a T. But somehow that message doesn't seem to be dropping. And I think a lot of it is, it's to do with this self-gratification. So it's not just about nutrition. It's also, I think, a lot about mindset. And I think the mindset that a lot of people have now is about immediate gratification. You want to treat your child so you treat them with some sort of food or snack you want to treat yourself so it's some food or snack or something and what's happening is it's nurturing future generations of unhealthy people and while yes you'd say well Melanie that must be fantastic for you and people like you that do feet because that means you'll get more people coming into your clinic well yes it is No, it isn't, because I think quality of life has to be worth more and that your happiness has to be worth more than a moment of instant gratification. And I don't think that you can explain that to people unless you start to understand food yourself. And what I wanted to do is just to create a little book, a program maybe that I could um, share as a speaker so that it can just help you to make those little changes. Because I think sometimes if you can start to make those little changes, then gradually you're going to start to make bigger changes. And you talked about, you know, people that you know that have lost lost 15 stones in weight. And that is an enormous achievement. But there'll be a lot of people that will hear this and think, oh, I don't know if I could do that. That's just too difficult. I like my my snacks you know I like my cake Uh, you know when the grandkids come over I like to give them a biscuit or a sweet or something but it's all about changing that mindset and understanding the value of what you give doesn't have to be food or a snack or treats your value is as much about the time that you give for people it's as much about that cuddle, that kiss, listening to how that person's day went. And I think all these things are kind of interlinked. And if you could just make those simple steps and understand what you're doing, then you'll be able to say no when you go into a room and there's like croissants and panda chocolat and this lovely lady's made all these beautiful cupcakes. And you can actually go in a room, not feeling a obliged to take them but b also knowing that you're not hungry Mm, absolutely it's really important to eat the right amount of food for you as well rather than overeating but the right sort of food in fact I did that this morning it's um, I was at an event and it was uh, the organizer it was her birthday and um Somebody had bought in a cake and she'd brought cakes in and so on and so forth. And um, when I looked at the sugar content, they were gluten-free, this free, that free, everything free. But when you look at the sugar, my goodness me, it's just unbelievable. And it's the hidden, well, it's not, they're not, it's not even hidden sugar these days because they actually show on the packets of things the, the sugar content and people still buy them. I, I, I don't understand. I really don't. 
Um, but the education, absolutely, you're, you're right there, Melanie. People, people aren't taught the the side effects, the downfalls of, of um, eating a poor diet until they are finding themselves in a pre-diabetic clinic, or you know they've got a heart, they've had a heart attack or a stroke, or they've they've got cancer or whatever. You know the whole thing. The um, that leads me on to my perfect ten wellness program, which I often um, forget to talk about on here. So I've created this this program, which is um, it's got ten parts to it, and it's about living life in balance. And of course, one of the parts is about um, uh, the the body, so nutrition and what you put in it, and. Um, it's it's just incredible that people they don't take action until they're in so much pain the only way is up and it's such a shame isn't it that 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 people get to that stage with their feet as well I'm sure you see lots of people that come to to you at the happy foot clinic that if only they'd come to you even a few weeks or a few months earlier you could have done a, a much better job for them well you find this a lot with younger people actually bizarrely I've had a couple of younger people, because they didn't know how to cut their nails properly, which sounds the most bizarre thing ever, they ended up having to have their nails removed because they ended up with ingrowing toenails because they were cutting them wrong. Now, if that, say, was a diabetic person, because a lot of diabetic people, because you get overweight, you can also get ingrowing toenails, and this is all about how that fine-tuning of the body gets disruptive. If you were a, a diabetic person and part of your symptoms are neuropathy but you can't feel pain and part of your symptoms are your health, your immune system is compromised, you can then see how easy it is for what was something quite simple turning into something really, really, really serious and, and almost life-threatening. Even in young people... Um, an infection for your foot could kill you. And not a lot of people realise or understand that. I've known people with diabetes that have been literally on the waiting list for um, surgery to have their limbs removed and they're still smoking. You know, they're still eating bars of chocolate and so on. I, I just, I despair. So I've decided that um, I, I, I'll, I'll give people the, the benefit of my um, health knowledge, but they only get it once. And that's it. If they want to, you know, literally kill themselves, then then get on with it. I don't want to be associated. You know, it's, it sounds a bit harsh, but uh, there's so many people out there who need help, uh, who want it. But there's also many, many people who are not interested. They think they're invincible. I think it, we're health poor in the UK. And that comes from instead of teaching people how to look after themselves, our healthcare system is geared up to treat the symptoms when they've happened. So you fall ill, you go to the doctor, they give you a pill, they give you a potion, they give you a lotion, You maybe you have surgery, and that's going to fix your problem. But what a lot of people don't know or understand is it's only plugging the gap, if you like. It's not actually necessarily fixing the problem. And the problem often can be remedied by you doing something different with your health and welfare. And if more money was spent on teaching you how to look after your health, on teaching you on how to teach your children to look after their health, then the health of this nation would improve dramatically. I mean, it's something like 2% of the NHS budget is actually dedicated to teaching people how to look after their health better. 
It's it's a real sad state of affairs. It's a national um, poorly service, not the National Health Service, isn't it, really? It, it is a shame. But um, they do a good job if you're in a crisis, you know, if you had an accident or a heart attack or something really serious has happened, um, you really do want to be there. But uh, um, they, they say that something like 75% of the walk-ins in the A&E department are for stomach issues, and a lot of it is stress-induced and toxin-induced, which basically is is self-induced. It is, and that's the other problem, is a lot of the health issues that you're seeing now are stress and mental health related. I mean, another reason for me to start my own business was because I was being bullied at work, and it, I had severe depression, and there's a point where you, you can't carry on like that. You physically can't keep doing that to yourself. And if you're working somewhere where there's no gratification from the actual work, where your work colleagues aren't being very nice to you either, what actually are you gaining from being there apart from a paycheck? Which wasn't very big for me, to be fair, because I had to go to two days a week because I couldn't cope being there any longer. So what actually was the gain in being there? I mean... I work less hours in my clinic now and I make more money than I made working in a job I hated. And you're happier and you're helping people. Yeah, and I am. And, and that's, that, what's, that's what makes it so much fun. I mean, yesterday I had this, this old lady came in and she decided she was going to have some nail polish put on her nails. I only use a particular brand because a lot of nail polishes have got formaldehyde, formaldehyde resin, DPPs, camper, and all these awful, terrible things that you just shove on your body without thinking about it. So I actually do use a more gentle polish. Does it begin with J? It begins with a D. Oh, okay. I don't know that Another one. one. I'll right. tell you afterwards. Okay. I'm not quite sure what I'm... Be careful what I say. But anyway, I use that, and I put this colour on, and it was called Subtle Sunshine, because she said, I'm not having a a loud colour because I've never had my nails painted before. Now she said, well, my granddaughters, they all have all these wild and lurid colours sort of things. And she said, no, we're going to keep it sort. So we did this colour and she was going, I'm going to be walking toe forward from now on. <laughs> and I just thought, that's lovely. And and I think it's it's simple things that give you pleasure, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's just looking after yourself, making yourself feel and and look better these are all things that you know help you get you through your day but I think what's happened with a lot of people is that feel-good factor has come through sugary and fatty foods and that's where this sort of self-gratification comes in because it gives you that little sugar high doesn't it and then you think oh I feel better now and then it's like five minutes later well, I don't feel better again. They so say you have another donut or whatever, and it's that little. It escalates, doesn't it? And then yeah. you just need more. When I see so many young people now, they've got their their um, caterpillar eyebrows that they've had um, <laughs> plastered on somehow. They've got these lips that are just you know Mick Jagger would be proud of. They've got the the fake the fake tans and the high heels and. You know the the hair extensions, and I think you know it's so sad that you know they 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 have to feel that they have to kind of dress themselves up like this to look the same as the next person instead of showing their own beauty. Yeah. But a lot of that, you know, as you said earlier on, you know, the mental health side of things, not feeling confident, and um, low self esteem, and all that kind of stuff, it's all interconnected. 
Anyway, let's let's brighten things up. Sunrise is the next song, and it's one that you've chosen. Um, Sunrise, here I am, club mix. You specifically asked for that by Ratty. So, so tell us why you chose that one, Melanie. It's going to be a bit outrageous for some people. So, you're welcome to go and sort of swing your head around or make a cup of tea. That's fine. I won't be offended <laughs> if you don't like it. But I think it just kind of talks about how life is. It's sort of this frenetic bit where it's just going crazy. And then suddenly you have these moments of calm where you just stop and look at the world around you. And I think in this song, it's just saying, look, sunrise, here I am. And you, f- and you can just visualise that moment where the sun starts to come up and you just stop and you look at it and you think, oh, yes, that's just beautiful. So life is, sometimes it is very frenetic and busy and you're rushing here, there and everywhere. And then in between that, there's those moments of calm. And I think sometimes you just need to find those moments of calm between all the chaos and just enjoy them. Absolutely. And see the beauty around you. Yeah, stop and smell the roses. I do that every single day. Here we are then, Sunrise, Here I Am by Ratty. I can't believe how quickly this show goes. We've been here over an hour, Melanie. That's gone really quick, hasn't it? It has. I don't know where it's gone. It's mad. So... um, the plan is you're going to be going out talking to, or are you already talking to, to groups and, and schools maybe? What are you um, doing? I've got a talk lined, I've actually got two talks lined up in September, one with Amoeba Group, that's Mums in Business Association. I don't know if you know them yes, at I all. Yes, I do, yes, yeah, yeah absolutely, I do. Absolutely, they've just done their Instagram challenge, so I was trying that out, trying to pick up some tips there. Um, so I'm going to be talking to the Newark Group, and I'm also talking to a Business For You Club, which is a group of men and women that meet up on the first Friday of each month. So I'll be doing a little talk to them as well. And then I've also got another talk lined up for next year. And I'm just out there saying to people, if you want me to come and speak, I will come and edutain you. We'll talk about anything. But the more complicated it is, if you wanted me to talk about astrophysics physics or something daft like that it would probably be a bit more um a watered down version but yeah i'll go and talk talk to people because i think but health and wellness are my thing and that's what i want to get out there talking to people about okay so um what's the most common thing that people come to see you with in in your foot clinic the happy foot clinic in leicester it's just um, they just want to have their, their nails cut and usually it'll be, if they've got a problem, it'll be corns or callus or fungal nail. They're the main things and then you often get ingrown toenails or toenails that are a bit tight on the side and usually that's because you've been cutting your nails too short. Okay, so... Um Right. What, any more foot statistics you've got with you? Any more foot statistics? Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, let me tell you this one. I was writing things down before I came out because I thought I'll forget everything. Um, this is a good one. This is to do with the uh, diabetes and the obesity. UK health site says in 2018, 29% of adults were classed as obese, while 20% of of year six children were also classed as obese. 
And they also said 29% of adults and only 18% of children actually achieve their five fruit and veg a day. Gosh, and uh, actually five is, is, is low. It should be. And also, that I wish they'd say veggies first instead of fruits. People think fruits are healthy, but they're, they're full of sugar. And too people, much, yeah, yeah. Overindulge in them way, way too much. Yeah. And then they're talking about the diabetes because the diabetes is the big thing with feet. Because with diabetes, in the UK, most diabetes, diabetic people used to be treated through the NHS chiropodist, but there's been cuts in budgets. So people have to come out to see people like me now. So, so long as you haven't got any serious issues with your feet, you can come and see a foot health practitioner like me. But a stat I found on the um, Government UK site said that 3.8 million people in the UK have diabetes, with 90% of them having type 2 diabetes, which is largely preventable or manageable. And that that's... That, I think, is a worrying statistic, and I think it's a statistic that is also going to go up. Now, diabetes.org.uk suggests that 4.6 million people are living with diabetes because there's a hidden statistic, which is what the government site also talks about, of people that have diabetes but don't even know it. Mm. Yes, a similar statistic with with blood pressure. They reckon there's 6 million people walking around with medication, taking medication they don't need, and another 6 million who need it and don't know. Yeah, and because it's a fear factor as well. People will come and see me. They've got a problem with their foot, and you'll say to them, I don't think it's what you think it is. But if they don't want to hear that... Mm -hmm. You've kind of fixed the problem immediately. They're happy. They'll just trot off into the sunset. They won't even want to come back because the fear is at the back of their mind. If they do find out what the real problem is, then they have to confront that. Mm, I've never understood that mentality. Years ago, I used to run cardiovascular health clinics and people would say to me, um, why would I come and have a health check with you when I can have a heart attack and a stroke and the NHS will fix me for free? You know, the mentality, I, I just can't tell you. The um, I have a device, which I still use from time to time. In fact, I'm going to use it on my... Um, I've got a, a health wellness week in September in the Lake District, 23rd to the 27th of September, if anybody's interested, uh, listening out, they would like to join us. Um, and um, people who are on that retreat will, will get to um, have a cardiovascular health check um, with me if they want to. So um, people would... So I can tell the likelihood of somebody having a heart attack or a stroke, the condition of their arteries, the condition of their heart, if they've got um, irregular heartbeat, you know, they, those kinds of things I can tell. And the only way you get those checkups on the NHS is if you're a certain age, older, um, or you've had problems in the first place, and then you're in the system, and then you, you get put on drugs. It's all preventable, like type, type 2 diabetes is mostly present, preventable. Years ago, I went to a... Um, a, uh, a detox spa type um, uh, retreat sort of thingy um, and um, as I checked in another lady checked in with me she was on the large side she's a type 1 diabetic and I was in there for five days um, a gift from from somebody which was jolly jolly nice um, and she was in there for 30 days she said that by the, she was she was injecting 
uh, insulin five times a day on a high dosage. She said by the time she leaves, she'll be going down to one injection on a small dose. And I said, well, how, how's that going to work then? So she said, I do this regularly. Uh, my husband's a lot older than I. We go around um, the world on cruises and I eat, you know, whatever I like. And then I come and check in here, sort myself out for a month. And basically it's juicing. So by having a very strict juicing regime for a, for a month. So, so I was there for, for um, the five days. After day three, she um, halved her insulin just in three days. By the time I went um, on the fifth day, she'd reduced it more. And she, she said, I'm definitely on target. I'm going to do this quicker than 30 days. She said, I'll be just on one injection. So, you know, diet, nutrition, what we put into our... When we, when we say diet, people think you're going, going on a diet. Diet is what you eat. It's not, you know, going on a diet, all these faddy things. Um, I get quite cross about it. Anyway, there we go. It's food mindset, isn't it? And I think that is a really frightening mindset because what is that woman doing to her body? Mm. Yeah, it's shocking, isn't it? What is she doing? And she thinks she's 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 doing well because she at least she's acknowledging the fact that she's in a state. But why get in a state to start with? You know, I just it's madness. There we go. We've got an interview coming up now, a pre-recorded interview with David Schofield. I did a while ago, and uh, it's talking about life purpose. So um, let's hear what uh, David has to say. Um, okay, so you're in the studio. No, no, I'm in the studio. You're at home listening, hopefully, or on the road, wherever you are. So uh, welcome. Thank you for listening. Um, Melanie smith Rawlings is uh, from the Happy Foot Clinic and has been with me this afternoon. So, Melanie, you were you were just telling me about this uh, amazing transcription um, app that you use, Live Transcribe. So, you're as you're driving around, you you hooked yourself into the uh, headphones and you're you're speaking a book. So, t- t- tell us how that works and, and what what's the book about? Basically, it's about. I'm looking at ways that you can improve your health and simple steps that you can take to do that because what I feel is that a lot of you will have done diets maybe you've been on that weight gain weight loss roller coaster maybe you just don't really know what you can do to change your health now and there's lots of simple things that you can do right now that will help to make you healthier and happier And I just feel this is three simple areas that you can look at. So I'm just looking at your physical health, your mental health and your diet. But just simple things. I'm not making it complicated. I'm not going to ask you to buy any weird or extraordinary ingredients. But the live transcribe came about because when I drive, I often have lots of thoughts going on into my head. So I'm driving to different places, networking and speaker training or whatever I'm doing and it's almost these dialogues going on in my head and someone said to me well you can get one of these transcribe things where you talk and it transcribes it for you and I thought wow that's a really good idea you could do that because sometimes when you've got that blank page and you're trying to type it or you're too tired or you're not in the mood you just stop you don't bother do you 
live transcribe it just really works for me but the joke of it is when i've got the sat nav on and the sat nav keeps interrupting at really important moments or when i've said something <laughs> really really meaningful the sat nav will come in with turn left at the roundabout turn left so that all goes into your transcription so i might keep some blooper transcriptions that are particularly funny where i've said something which really was like deep and meaningful and then the sat nav just come in with its own little helping hand if you like but yeah it's a brilliant way and I think it's a really good thing if you're more of a kinetic thinker because not everybody wants to sit down and physically write or type something up sometimes your flow comes through moving I'm probably a little bit more of a kinetic thinker and not a lot of people realize how you yeah I I do that with uh, uh, driving I'm exactly the same and also gardening when I'm gardening I come up with all sorts of ideas and things and I've and I've got you know notepads out in the garden with me and uh, I also um, have a notepad in the car usually as well so I'm jotting notes down if I'm in a traffic jam whatever but I sure use this uh, app that's that's a great idea fantastic thank you so your second song uh, Melanie you've chosen Coolio see you when you get there so uh, why did you choose this one well, when I first heard this song, it's all about the chorus, isn't it? You've got this wonderful choir and are going, I'll see you when you get there. And the, and the other parts, it's all this sort of rapping and this talking. But when you actually listen to it, and I could never sing along to it because I can't move my lips quickly enough when he does all this. They've got It's a technique, isn't it? It's a real hidden talent that perhaps not everybody appreciates. But when you actually listen to what he says, it's about that, life struggle and some people you make it you become a success and you're looking at your friends and you're thinking I just want you to have a part of this I just want you to do this as well but you made those choices and decisions that put you where you are today but I'm still going to wait for you and I think that's about the story about a lot of successful people you probably know people in your life who you think to yourself just if only they could just get it I'd just love to see you when you make it happen, mm. whatever it is. It doesn't have to be, you know, reinventing the wheel or anything like that. It could just be something simple. It's just getting your life together and being happy with your life. And yeah. I just think, actually, it's a very clever song. If you ever get to read the lyrics, it's actually a lot deeper than you've perhaps think it may be but i thought it's i like it i think it's very good brilliant okay here we go there see you when you get there coolio so that's uh two other shows we've got going during the week granddad brian and uh steve on a sunday morning um We've got, I think it's about 15 shows now, might even be more than that we've got during the week. So do listen in on Elastic FM. Um, We have got an FM licence granted now, so hopefully later on in the year we'll be on on the big radio, which is very exciting. But uh, in the meantime, just uh, available on the internet, which uh, obviously goes out worldwide. So uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We're coming to the close of the programme now. Just to um, give a shout out to uh, Melanie Smith Rawlings, who's been with me all afternoon. Uh, we've been hearing about feet and uh, health, health and well-being. Um, so, Melanie, how can people get hold of you? Well, you can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook. You can find the Happy Foot Clinic is also on Facebook. If you are local to the Glenfields area, you want to have your feet looked after and loved, you can. Come and find me there. The 
Foot Clinic has got its uh, webpage, which is www.thehappyfootclinic.com. And if you want to get some tips on just general health and wellness, you can find me on happyfootpeople.blogspot.com. And if you want to find me on Instagram, the Happy Foot Clinic is there as well. So there's lots of places you can find me. Um, I think if you put my name in, you'll find something that's connected to something that I'm doing about health and wellness or about feet. So it would be absolutely wonderful if you could just follow me, like what you see, share it with your friends and just help that to grow. Marvellous. And also you're going to be putting some uh, some of your blog posts on the Facebook group, Perfect Health with Elaine Godley as well, aren't you? Yes, definitely. That Marvelous. would be an honour to do that for you. Fabulous. Thank you. So um, that's all I've got to say for the day. Whatever you're doing out there, have a fantastic, happy, happy week. And I will be on air this time next week, four till six on Elastic FM. Um, and... Um, Hello and thank you for everybody who's been listening and we're going to play out with um, It's Alright by the Travelling Wilburys.